Hey, folks, what's going on? Welcome to the Live Life Aggressive Podcast. Mike Mahler, Tim Sir Hogan. Another week, another show. Lots of good stuff for this one right here, man. It's always yeah, good man. to have our guests on. Before we get into that, though, let's go ahead and take care of some business so we can get right into it because uh, this is going to be another juicy episode, man. <laughs> Not juicing episode, a juicy episode. <laughs> maybe, maybe there may be some juicing involved. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there may be some discussion of juicing for sure. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> you know, as, as we've been talking about the last several weeks, we've got a killer course coming up in Las Vegas. It's going to be me, Mike Mahler, Sincere Hogan, Steve Cotter, Kim Blackburn. It's going to be a two-day course, September 20, 21, eight hours each day. So it's going to be very intensive material, but we're going to make this a real experience where there's going to be a lot of fun activities afterwards as well. Some nighttime activities. We'll look into renting out a club for all of us, group dinners. We want you to have as much interaction with us as possible because we know that's one of the things that people really get out of these kind of events. It's great to get good instruction, but it's even greater when you have a chance to interact with your fellow students, your teachers. And we'll just have a fun event in, in Las Vegas. I mean, you can't go wrong. So we're looking at booking the M Casino or Green Valley Ranch to give you guys a great discount on hotels. And so everyone can stay at the same place. So there's more chance for interaction. I mean, some of you guys are lucky. You might even get laid. <laughs> I hope that would be the very last episode that, you ever do that that's, again. <laughs> that's my... That's my that's my uh, James Earl Jones imitation from the movie. You ever see that movie, Best of the Best? No. <laughs> That's great. No. And, That's thanks not, that, I, and thanks to that, I'll probably never watch it now. <laughs> That's why I was that like, not, if you had seen that movie, you would have been laughing because you know what scene I'm talking about because there's a scene where James Earl Jones is – he's the karate instructor. He's the coach for the U.S. karate team. And he's like, all right, guys, go to the bar tonight. This is your last chance to go have a good time because tomorrow we're going into intensive training. And then he's like, some of you guys are lucky. You may even get laid. You know, that James Earl Jones point. <laughs> that is not the way I want to picture Darth Vader telling me to get laid, man. I'm sorry. Darth Vader boy say that. It's hilarious. Exactly. Now you know why Luke had daddy issues, man. <laughs> now, we only have space for 40 people at this event. So there's a really good chance that this course will sell out before we even have a chance to announce it massively. And look, if you're not interested, if you're thinking, I don't know if I can afford it, I don't know if I can get away, then don't send us the email. You know, we, we don't, don't waste our time. We're not going to waste your time. We want people that are serious about coming out to the best course they've ever been to and having a great time in the most fun city in America for entertainment. It's going to be a killer course. It's going to be some kettlebell stuff, body weight training, some new material that you haven't come across anywhere else for sure. So it's going to be a fun event. That's all you need to know. Also, what you can do in the meantime is to hop over to both of our websites and use the coupon code LLA. If you go to my website, newwarriortraining.com, you can get 30% off of my physical or digital copy of my DVD as well as 30% off of my weight management 101 course where you can go in and it's self-paced. You have all the material that you need to really help you manage your weight. See, the thing is, it's not a diet or anything like that, but actually learning how to manage it. Just like we always talk about managing stress and managing all the other crap that's going on in your life. And so, therefore, your life's not crappy. Well, this is a, another component of that. It's a 12-week right. course, like I said, self-paced. You have a lot of materials to help you out. You have PDFs. You have audio. You have video. And, again, it's self-paced. So you can get to go at your own speed. You don't have to feel rushed. Once you complete one module, then – that's when the next one comes in. You know, you take a little quiz at the end to kind of reiterate everything that you learn, and that's how you do things right there. That's one of the reasons why, if you ever attended a workshop with Mike or myself, we've always offered a DVD in the past. 
at the end of a workshop to help you retain the information because you get overwhelmed. You learn a lot, especially when you've been hearing a bunch of crap and you have to decipher from all the stuff out in the so-called real world. Then it really helps to have materials like this, support materials, and that's what I did with this program right here. You have support materials after every module that you learn from. And let me go through everything from learning about your macronutrients and how they operate and how they work with your body and how you can actually focus on those things without being confused, all the way to how to incorporate anaerobic and aerobic training as well. And therefore, you'll be a more informed consumer when you're reaching out to either one of us or someone else about coaching and helping you with your nutrition program or your, or your fitness program or something like that, you have more information so you know exactly what it is that you need for yourself or to better inform a coach and how they can help you. So this helps you with all that, man. And like I said, it's about giving you control. That's what Mike and I are about with this show, Help, helping you to learn how to take control of your life again and not just hand it over to anyone. So, yeah, that's what the Weight Management 101 program is all about. And you can get 30% off of that by using that same coupon code LLA. Now, as for Mike, what do you have going on at your site, brother? Yeah, you can use that same coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements as well as anything I sell, period. My T-shirts, my e-books, DVDs, you name it. My book, actually not my LLA book because that's more of a charity product. So now you're not going to get 10% off my Live Life Aggressively book, but basically everything else that I carry. So use that same coupon code and load up on some products. And make sure you buy some stuff from Sincere. You know, his website ranking has gone way up. So you can keep supporting him. Don't just go to his website and enjoy all of his free information. Enjoy that and then invest. Because we do, we do this for a living. That goes for me as well. You know, we both provide a ton of free information on our websites as well as this podcast. So don't be that one person who is like someone who watches PBS, right, like public television. And it comes time to donate and you're always like, ah, someone else will do it. So that'll keep them in business. So I'm sure a lot of people think that too and listen to our show. They're like, ah, eh, other people are buying their products. I don't need to buy anything. I'll just keep listening to the show. No, they like the me, show, support the show. I'll put, it, I'll put it in a different perspective. Don't be the guy that goes to the strip club every night and you never <laughs> get one lap dance. You never tip the girl on the stage. And you don't buy one freaking drink. It's a two-drink minimum. And then you're asking the dude next to you, your buddy, hey, man, you want to grab Can you give me a drink? <laughs> you know, so, so don't be that guy, man. Don't be that guy. And all you do is sit there and watch other people get lap dances. Don't do that. Don't get stuff for free. I mean, help some folks out here. <laughs> so, and it's funny, Mike, uh, one of our friends that we talked about is like that. I just saw him pop up on Google+. Plus. <laughs> just as I said that, the timing could have been better. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. Now, so, yeah. now, speaking of great information. Oh, sorry. Is there anything else, Sincere? Anything else? Oh, oh, no, let's get let's get into this, man. Yeah, man. We have, we have another good one. I mean, we had, I mean, we blew things up this month talking about the TRX scandal and, and basically how they ripped off our friend John Hines his jungle gym. And we have another episode today where it's going to be a little bit more of that investigative journalism type approach. And we're going to be talking about some of the things that are going on in the CrossFit community. So with no further wait, let's focus on our guest today, which is our good friend, Anthony Roberts. Hey, Anthony, how you doing today? Hello, brother. Good, good. How are you guys? Good, good, good man. man. Good to have you on Welcome here. back. Good to have you on again. Great to be on. You know, actually, I was, I was listening to the, uh, what you guys were saying about interaction at seminars. That's, honestly, that's where you learn half the stuff that you learn that no one else knows. I remember being right. at seminars where... Dave Tate and, and Buddy Morris and all these people were just sitting at the hotel bar. And that was like another seminar. Right. You know? and right. It was exactly. all kinds of great stuff. I mean, really, I, I remember, I, I can remember taking road trips with like, like Eric Cressy and Tony Gentlecore and like, 
the four hours in the car were probably the best, most informative parts of the of the weekend. Oh, so yeah, that's man. exactly right. Like at our course in Vegas, I mean, someone could be one of the students may go play blackjack with me, and they're picking my brain about hormone optimization. And in between me telling them to shut up because I'm trying to concentrate, <laughs> they make they may get a nugget. There, you know? <laughs> and I'm busy. You know? like, shut up! But let me tell you why. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this. Double. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's so true, man. I mean, a lot of the courses I've been to as well, where you just have that one-on-one interaction, where you get a chance to ask questions, or, or like you said, Anthony, you're just privy to a, a good conversation going on. So, like Steve and, and Sincere could be talking about something, and someone just happens to be there, just listening to what they're talking about, and, and just picking up all these great nuggets, just picking up all these. Great oh yeah, yeah. That's that's always been my experience. Is you, you know, I mean, what what else are you going to do? You know, you're going to go to the bar, and that's. I mean, that's where the strength coaches are going to be after the seminar, you know, at the, at the hotel bar or whatever. So it's, uh, that, that's been probably the best. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what's been going on with you, man? Uh, you, have, you have an awesome blog where you're very irreverent. I mean, whatever you want to talk about, you talk about it. You're not someone who worries about diplomacy you know, or, or repercussions. I mean, if, if you don't like something about something that's going on in our industry, you're very vocal about it. So on, on that note, what are you what are you talking about these days? What's on your mind these days? Obviously, um, you, you know you mentioned the stuff with CrossFit. I've been uh, I have been kind of interested in, in all these. Um, you know, obviously CrossFit's very entrepreneurial in that you know people are opening up their own you know fr- franchises or boxes or whatever you want to call them, and they're selling supplements. So what you see is um, a lot of the MLM companies getting involved. And recently, BSN had, you know, Rich Froning signed to their stable of athletes, and he left for uh, for Advocare, which is like one of the you know the big three MLM companies. Right um, now, for people who are not familiar. What exactly is an MLM company? It's also known as network marketing. You could just give us a brief. Yeah, synopsis. yeah, yeah. MLM is so it's multi-level marketing, which is like, so I sell the product, and then I don't just sell the product; I sell the idea of selling the product to someone else. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, wow. Well played. Or, or something. Or I, I, I mean, I guess that's what they're, I guess that's what they're selling. Like they're selling the idea of, sell, of right. selling something else. And it, um, it's, more, it's more of an idea than a success rate because oh, people, yeah, people get the idea nothing. of selling something where you don't end up really selling anything because kind of like if I opened up a subway on St. Rose Street here in, in Las Vegas, I don't want to encourage other people to open up that same subway within several miles of me. Right. But in right. network marketing, it's you, you buy into it and then you pitch all of your neighbors on why they should sell it too. Now, why would you want all of your neighbors selling it? Because you're trying to pass the buck on to them. Because the more they sell, the more residual you get, and now you don't have to go out there and hustle. So it, it's the right, ultimate. They're part of your sales team, quote exact, unquote. Right. The ultimate, it's the ultimate passing the buck system. It's like let me. Yeah, but let then, me, but then you're also selling them. You're saying, hey, look, you know, look how, you know, presumably successful I am, and that's because right, I recruited right. great people like you. So now. You're trying to get them 
to recruit other people, right? Right to be their sales team, and you get you know residuals off everyone that they recruit. You know who has a great so, MLM like you know who has a great MLM network like selling platform drug dealers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the same thing. Drug dealers. I'm talking. I'm thinking they mastered this long before any oh, yeah. any type of like Herbalife or or Advocare anybody like that. The drug Amway. dealers mastered it. Amway, exactly. Yeah. Someone know Amway. It's my crackway food. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, sincere, if these network marketing companies, if we trace the inception, yeah. were started by someone like that. You know, like a drug exactly. dealer or Ponzi scheme guy. You know, someone like that. Exactly. Well, you know, what you find, interestingly, is that, like, I always say that, I always say they're like Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, like they're, they're pushing something, they're, they're a little pushy, you're not really, you don't really want to open the door or whatever when they show up. Um, actually, Advocate, <laughs> like, is, is a very, this is kind of weird, it's a very Christian company, like, they're very, like, they have retreats, like, they're huh. founded by... And that's part of why I think Rich Froning was so drawn to them because he's very right, outspoken. Right. Yeah. You know, so so, and I think actually a couple of them are. I think um, what's the other big one? Uh, uh, uh Peeler. Herbalife. Oh, Herbalife. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Herbalife. They're mm. huge in the um, like I, I think they're actually like somehow Christian or Catholic. They're huge with uh, the Latino community. Yes, you're right. Actually, that's. That's exactly right, because I've been to hotels where I've seen these Herbalife Opportunity Meetings, and it's all Latinos, like a thousand in a room, you know, going hearing this pitch. So that that's absolutely correct. And they're under SEC investigation right now, Herbalife. Yeah, Mike and I were oh. just talking about that. I was telling Mike about that before we reached out to you, <clears throat> that they were being investigated again. What is the basis of that investigation? Do you know? Yeah, well, it's because, you know, they don't really sell products. They like mostly recruit. Like their business isn't really selling nutritional products so much as recruiting people to sell nutritional products. Oh, I know this personally um, because I, I was involved with them out of college for a year and a half because I didn't know jack about network marketing. And yeah, I won't even I won't even uh, hijack this conversation by talking about that experience. But <laughs> just, just, just read your book. book. Just read yeah, your book. exactly. <laughs> Suffice to say that it was a negative one. <laughs> Was this the story? This was in your book, wasn't it, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. About putting out flyers, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't okay. just them. It's like driving around the middle of the night putting up signs on telephone poles. But here's the bottom line is I worked harder for that. I worked harder to make that work than I've ever worked in my life, and I made nothing, like not even minimum wage. I could have gone – to 7-Eleven and made more money, you know, working per hour. And I worked my tail off. Like, I don't work anywhere near as hard now as I did then in terms of just out there hustling. And it added up to nothing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that they, you know, they basically, they, they say they don't exactly know what the, you know, how the, you know, revenue breaks down. But even that is kind of a, that's kind of a clue, right? If you don't know how you're, you're a multi-million dollar company and you don't know how your revenue right. breaks down, you know, like you're not quite sure if you're selling it mostly to your own employees or whether they're actually selling it. That's that's a sign that some you know something might not be right. Right. Um. So yes, yeah, so they're under SEC investigation, and then Advocare. 
you know, they're obviously they're being represented in the CrossFit market by Rich Froning. The only interesting thing, is, you know, or kind of little bit of trivia about that is that I actually do know Rich had used Advocare for years. Um, and that's not something he said publicly because he was sponsored by other people. Right. But mm-hmm. he actually did use the products and does use the products, which on the one hand, I want to say that's kind of honest. On the other hand, I want to say you endorse someone else for years. Right. Um, but yeah, so th- those two I think are the big two. Then I don't know if you guys will even know this company, Isogenics. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> we will. We, we uh, uh, Anthony. I mean, since uh, you and I have probably been pitched by every network marketing company out there, because when you think about it, we're big fish for any network marketer because you get someone like either one of us involved with our respective followings, it's going to add up to some big money for whoever responds, right. whoever recruits us. So right. we, we get pitches fairly often. I mean, that, that article I wrote about on my website, why I hate network marketing, that tends to discourage some people <laughs> from pitching me. But overall, companies like Isogenics, Avocare, I mean, that one I've heard about when I was in the RKC, Pavel's organization, because there were quite a few people who got involved who started pitching other kettlebell instructors on that whole thing. Does that seem like a, sort of a faux pas to start pitching people within, you know, I think it is. I mean, I think it's a turnoff to me. But some, some, if you do it in a way that's subtle, people don't quite pick up on it. Right. So they would just kind of drop it subtly, like they would show up to an event taking an Avocare supplement. So people are like, "Oh, what's that?" Like, "Oh, I take this for energy. It's awesome." Oh. <laughs> it's that product like, oh, waste. Where, 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 where could I get that? It's like, "Oh, yeah. I just happen to sell it." Great. You know, it was like that kind of stuff. It never really worked though. Like, I don't know anyone in the kettlebell industry that is successful selling network marketing products to other kettlebell instructors because most of us are privy to this crap. We're not going to buy into it. So I, I haven't seen a lot of people have success. I haven't seen anyone have success actually selling to other trainers that I'm aware of. Yeah, it's, it's funny. What? Like I said, it's that, it's that product placement thing. You show up to your workout, and all of a sudden you pull out your Avocare bottle with your Spark or whatever that red juice is that looks like Kool-Aid. <laughs> you, and all of a sudden, right in the middle of your kettlebell, so you start drinking, and then all of a sudden, hey, man, what's that? <laughs> it's like, like yeah, it down. reminds me of, like, the, 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 I don't know if you guys watch Breaking Bad, but when they go, yeah. to, the, they go to the NA meeting and they start trying to sell yeah, it's like, like that. that. That's totally what it Like, uh, you know, it's one of those things where these companies... Or, or people, people go into those uh, sexual addiction counseling groups trying to find... <laughs> trying to find people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone, someone listening to the show is probably like, man, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> exactly. And that's like most people go to AA meetings just to get donuts. You know, it's like, hey, man, that's your deal. <laughs> <laughs> no that's you know so it's it's one of those things man where like i see it and i, I kind of i get it you know like because they they've found a crowd that's entrepreneurial by nature because all these people own their own small businesses and they say hey you know you can you can sell our products and you can make you know you can make your rent you can make a, a couple grand a month or whatever but then they go in like well if you start you know getting other boxes in the area to to do the same thing you know, then you'll make all this money and their money and, you know, I mean, it never works. I never see anybody, I've never known someone to be successful doing that. No, it's just, no no one, no one likes to feel, no one likes to feel they're being hoodwinked, man. It's like these, 
It's like these deception parties they used to have back in the day, Amway, Herbalife, where you would have this house party and your friends and, and so forth are coming over thinking they're just coming over for a social event. And then right in the middle of dinner, they're like, oh, by the way, guys, I wanted to tell you about something I've been working on. And then they go right into this whole network marketing pitch. And of course, people are going to be irritated now. You're thinking you're coming over just to hang out with some friends and have a good time. And, and now you're getting pitched on some BS or bullshit fucking network marketing opportunity. So I've, I've, that, that's, why this, that's why network marketing has such a bad reputation. That's why I always laugh when people try to defend it. I was like, why do you think it has such a bad reputation? Because so many people have had negative experiences like that. Like drug dealers. You know that, that bought like by VI company? Oh, yes. By Salas? Yeah, by Salas, yeah. Another one. Yeah. Uh, is that what it said? Is it body by Vi? Is that how yeah, you say it? Yeah. Well, they, uh, yeah, I never knew. I was like, is that body by VI or body by Six? I, I got like, something to add to that to one, too. Here? <laughs> I got something to add to that one, too. <laughs> well, they have, they have this thing, right, where you get a, uh, like a BMW or something? Yeah, you beat me to it, damn it. <laughs> so, no, it's crazy, right? It, it so they, like, they, they ripped off, what? They, first of all, they ripped off Mary Kay. It's like, do you want a pink Cadillac? You still love Mary Kay, you can yep. get your Cadillac. So buyer's like, hmm, well, I'll, I'll, I'll one up your Cadillac because that's kind of hoodish. Let, me, let's, let us be a little bit more, you know, a little bit more prestigious. Let's offer a BMW to our top sellers instead of a Cadillac. Like, how low rent is a Cadillac, you know? So that's what it seems like, you know? But yeah, it's man. It's crazy though. Like they, they basically what like if you don't keep your you know, your sales up, it's a six hundred dollar a month, you know, lease or whatever it is. So right. so if your sales drop below a certain amount, you have to right. pay that lease off. So you're stuck with a lease on a car. So if your sales go below that, now you get hit for another six hundred that month. Right. Right. And, and that puts people in a situation where if they're going to fall short, well, what people don't realize also is that you would it would be easier for you to make money doing something else and buying that car <laughs> from that mechanism than it would be to try to win it, quote unquote, win it. <laughs> and oh yeah, another, no, yeah. You, it doesn't make any thing. sense. Here's another thing they're doing right now. It kind of, kind of just it threw me off. It kind of pissed me off a little bit at first when I saw that they're going and getting someone like. Like Rashad Evans, you know, saying that he's doing the challenge, the body by by challenge, right before his, like his last fight or something like that. I'm like Rashad, that shit is not what's helping you get ready for this fight and get in shape yeah. or whatever. You know, don't yeah. sit there and lie and say that. Come on, man, you are you've been doing this for years. It's kind of like it's kind of like Mike was bringing up <laughs> talking about the whole UFC Fit DVD and saying this is what the fighters of the UFC use to get ready for fights. Like, come on, man, they've been doing this since they were like four years old and long before DVDs were out. So don't sit there and right. try to attribute that one workout. Yeah, a bunch of, bunch of fighters are sitting around their living room doing a follow-up workout. Yeah, yeah that's, and, that's happening. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't that the same studio from Insanity and, and P90X? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute here. What, what, what is going on here? So, and, and speaking of which, you, there's, another, there's another MLM scam right there. When you start talking about beach body coaches. Okay, right, so right. It, I have a real problem when someone reaches out to me on Facebook and First of all, they want me to add them, and they're blah, 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 beach body coach. You know, and like, hey, I see you're a fitness professional like me. Like, no, you are an MLM <laughs> scammer. You're not a coach. Because right. any self-respected coach out there that's really busted his ass to go learn his craft or whatever is not going to attack 
the words Beachbody coach at the end of his name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, we don't, so most coaches in the fitness industry don't like to spell out things. That's why they have CSCS and, and PT and all these. <laughs> we, we like, we like initials. Okay. We, we like, we like acronyms and things like we that. Like we don't like full words. Exactly. Yeah. We don't want a full word out there. Beachbody coach. That's a lot of talking, man. It's <laughs> a lot of typing. <laughs> so stop it. You're not a real coach. Yeah. You're, you're a glorified All, all these customer. things are kind of just weird. I mean, <laughs> and, you know, especially like that, to me, that's like the most insulting when someone says like, hey, I see you're a, you're a coach like me. It's like, no, no, really, I'm nothing like you. <laughs> I'm a coach very much not like you. <laughs> and, and then th- sometimes network marketers will be like, well, Mike, you sell nutrition supplements and you have an affiliate program. I'm like, okay, here's a couple of things. You know, Here we go. One, one. <laughs> One, an affiliate program, you don't have to pay to be a part of that. See, every network marketing company, you have to pay for the privilege to sell their products. There's always a registration. No one has to pay anything to be an affiliate of mine, and there's no minimum payout. So whether you sell one product or 100, you're going to get your payout. It's not like I wait for it to build up, and then you finally get a payout. Right. And then I don't push that either. It's not like I go out to dinner with people. I'm like, hey, guys, I got an affiliate program. If you want to sell my testosterone booster, <laughs> you know. <laughs> my my text is all out. He goes to the workshop in, in September. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, okay, we got our own little private room here at the casino. And, you know, we're all going to play a little blackjack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, all the dealers disappear. Like, all right, guys, I want to talk to you guys for a minute. <laughs> like, wait, what, my affiliate program. I, was, I was winning fucker what the hell <laughs> no you'll really be winning with my affiliate program you should sign up now <laughs> and also, i don't tell people that they're going to make a six-figure income selling my products through the affiliate program i i, I make it I, I i keep the expectations pretty low like you you most people make an extra couple hundred bucks or you may, you know, maybe you'll make an extra thousand if you, if you, things really go right. But this is going to be like a supplement to your income. And it, and it really should come from a place that you really like my products. And that's why you want to be an affiliate. You know, whenever I have people who want to be an affiliate and then I, I look up their name and they've never bought anything from me, I was like, well, why do, why are you, why do you want to be an affiliate for products that you've never used? Well, I do you one better when I get people. I've seen, I've seen people want sponsorship from companies that they don't use their products. Like, oh, yeah. They'll oh, be like, all, yeah, all. you know, I are you offering sponsorship? And it's like you don't use these products. Why? Like, why in the world would would a company want to sponsor you when you don't use their products? Like, it's, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one that's really funny. It's uh, Ronda Rousey. You know, she's all on the what is it, um, the Metro PCS commercials or whatever. But it's so funny because she posted a video or a picture on Instagram. And she's in the car and she's listening to music and. Basically, she has her iPhone plugged up, and she listens to her music on her iPhone. So I'm just thinking, like, okay, where, why don't you use your Metro PCS phone? I mean, what, what are we doing here? I'm like, you, they have commercials for you. I mean, I would, I, I would specifically put in the contract, you're not to be caught with any other phones or any of their products other than ours. For, I'm sure they're paying a nice little grip for that. So I thought that was just hilarious, and somebody kept, you know, all these people kept posting, like, oh, that doesn't look like a Metro phone. That looks like an iPhone. I'm like, it is an iPhone. So it's just hilarious. You, you, people get sponsored by stuff they're not using, man. It's so crazy. But, yeah, that, that's just, I mean, why would you even want that? Like, I mean, right. just as a company, you know, it, it's, it's not a good business. look. Bad for business, man. Bad for business. Now the the other the other company and I have I have some friends that like I, on Facebook friends not like friends friends who um <laughs> like I haven't defriended them but I you know they're like hey you know want to live the good life like me you know they not direct messaging <laughs> me but like you know no and, and the the big one is uh, I guess among 
this particular group that I see all the time is, is isogenics. And I never really, like, I never jump in because, you know, then one guy said, well, these are, these are scientifically proven, you know, supplements. And, like, that irks me, you know, like, more, more so than, like, you're going to be rich like me or whatever because whatever. But I kind of jump in, like, isogenics has, has some studies on their, on their products. I don't know if you've ever read the studies, but one study is, first of all, they're in pay-to-publish journals. Hmm. which right away right. usually means that they're bunk, you know? Right, right. Um, I mean, if you're paying $65 a page, it's not really, like, credible scientific work. Right. I mean, if it was good, it would be published somewhere good that, you know, paid you or, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that's the first problem. The second problem is they they have this study, and people using their product lost more weight than people dieting without it. But they also ate, like, significantly less calories. Right. So, of course they lost more weight. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not really, you know, that, that's, not a, that's not a really great sort of, you know, thing to claim. I mean, you know, these people were, I think they were eating, like, maybe 500 calories less per day. Right. Well, that's significant. That's not... Of course, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely significant. But the weird thing... Well, I wasn't aware of what you just mentioned, though, how how a lot of these quote-unquote studies are in journals where they're actually being paid. They're actually paying, rather, yeah, to put to the study yeah. in there. I mean, that's crazy right there. I would say, how many, how many of these studies on nutrition supplement companies would you say are in that category? Would you say the majority of, majority of them do that? I would, yeah, I mean, well, pay to publish journals are one thing, but then pay, pay the researchers to do the research on your product is like 95%. Right. So that way you can determine whatever outcome you want, basically. Yeah, well, it's, it's generally in the study design. So you'll design the study to give you the outcome. Like, you, you know, you can't mess right, with the numbers. Right, right, right. I mean, right, that's, that's a huge FTC violation. But you can design this. There's courses on how to design studies to get the outcome you're looking for. Right. They're openly right. advertised. Like you can, you know, the major nutritional, let's say without naming any names, like the most major international societies of sports nutrition in the world offer, have people that tell you how to do these things. But don't, like, you think they're just, don't you think they're just kind of taking a page out of the book from the pharmaceutical industry as well? Because on a lot of oh, those, yeah, the no, exact sure. same thing, you know, so they're doing a lot of the same things. You know, that's the reason why a couple of years later a lot of stuff is being recalled because of all these kind of beefed up studies that they've kind of put out there saying like, oh, they tried this and they did this and they lost this and they did this and this. And then next thing you know, the same people that approve them, the FDA or whoever, are the same ones that sue, you know, that's, that's telling them to take it off the market. So funny. Well, here's the so thing about the, like the the best part of like you know generally like the peer review process right is you get a hundred people that are competent right and they look at your study and they say this makes sense. The isogenic study when they when they when they had the protein, fat, and carbs, they didn't add up to the right number of calories in the groups. Hmm. So simple arithmetic errors <laughs> like 
Like right. one group was eating more more grams of protein, fat, and carbs than the other, and consuming less calories simultaneously. <laughs> I mean, this is and and you know, generally when there's like a, a rigorous peer review process, you can spot simple addition mistakes. Right. But when you have a right. data published journal that has, just has the veil of you know, respectability if you don't do your research, then, I mean, they don't pick up on anything. They just take it they, and they publish it. And that's, that's what, you know, Isagenics did. Well, a lot, a, lot of people, a lot of people don't know how to interpret studies that even are legitimate, right? That's another issue out there is people kind of just skim studies or you send people a bunch of quote-unquote studies and they just see the studies that without reading it and they go, okay, this looks legit. Like, for example, I had a guy email me saying, oh, you know what you're saying about if you're on hormones for too long, it'll shut down your natural production. That's a bunch of bonks. You're putting out misinformation. For example, look at this study on melatonin. It showed that long-term use had no effect on natural production. And then when I looked at the study, it was, it was for seven days of use. You know, Not, not exactly yeah. a long-term study there, buddy. It's like, of course nothing happened in seven days. You're not going to shut down your natural production in seven days. Show me seven years. Show me 20 years. You know, show me 30 years. And show I was like, me a Look. bottle with seven pills in it. I mean, why would you even – I mean, you know, forget that. Just show me a month's worth, you know, uh, anything. Right. But who takes right. seven – Seven days of a supplement. I mean, unless you're unless you're taking it and it's right. giving you an adverse reaction, right? You finish the bottle, you know, minimum. No, but it, it was kind of like the onus is not on me to prove that if you're on any kind of hormone replacement for a long period of time, it's going to suppress and most likely, possibly shut down your natural production because that's already been proven with testosterone replacement, growth hormone replacement, etc. You know, the onus yeah. is on him to try to prove his points. So like, uh, this is a stupid argument, man, because. Every, the, all, all the research is in my favor, you know, not in yours. And also, just yeah, there's no studies that don't show some kind of insult. Depression, to the, exactly. Even, even uh, antioxidants. Right, exactly. Even antioxidants will shut down your, your endogenous antioxidant production. Right, exactly, know? exactly. People um, have no idea. So, I mean, it's just, it's just someone trying – someone has a certain stance on something, and they're trying to substantiate that with what's out there, whether it's erroneous or not. And then it's, it's also just thinking about things logically. It's like, okay, your body produces these hormones. Now you start taking those hormones exogenously. Why would your body still produce it? Your body is going to do the least amount of effort it needs to. So if you're taking testosterone, your body will automatically say, great, we don't have to waste energy producing it anymore. We'll just rely on this exogenous source. And then you don't produce that for a long period of time. It's like if you don't work out, it's like you worked out for eight years and then you decide to take eight years off. You know, what's going to happen when you start up again? <laughs> you know, you're starting from a serious deficit. So, I mean, it's right. not shut down completely. You can build that muscle back, but you're starting from a serious deficit. Just like if you're on hormone replacement for too long. Yeah, maybe it'll come back if you go, depending on how long you were on and what you do to rejuvenate your natural production. But good chance it may not at all, depending on how long you've been on. Now, people, people have, you know, I mean, there's, you know, reading studies is really, I mean, it's not, like, I mean, I don't want to be cliche and say, oh, it's an art, but like really there's the ability to see what a study actually says. Right, right. And then there's the ability to see what it literally says. Like people make right. a lot of, right. you know, leaps uh, that, that aren't, you know, that aren't really well-founded, but they also sort of fail to make leaps that would be 
well-founded. So, and, I, and I've it, been guilty you know, of that myself where I've looked at a study and I get over, I get excited going, wow, this is awesome. And then like, I've shared stuff with you before where you're like, look, well, you got to look at this, Mike, and this and this, and then, and I'm like, okay, you got it. Got it. So, so, you know, you're absolutely correct. It's, it's easy to fall into that. And it's, it's easy to get excited about stuff because we, we all want to find stuff that's effective. So when you, when you come across something, part of you naturally wants to believe that what you're reading is true. Oh, I saw a study the other day that said there's, and I forget what it was, but it was synergy between two things, right? Two, two nutritional supplements. There was synergy. And then right. I looked, actually, I remember what it was. It was creatine and magnesium, right? And uh-huh. now here's the thing. There might, there might very well be synergy between the two. But when you look at magnesium alone, you look at creatine alone, then you look at, you know, all these other things, you have to actually look at, like, look at them combined and see if, you know, one plus one equals three or however you want to define synergy. Right. And they didn't do, like, what they did was they looked at, I think they looked at every parameter except, let's say, magnesium alone. So they never had a baseline for the magnesium, and creatine and magnesium does work better than either creatine or magnesium, but they actually didn't prove synergy, and they didn't even try to prove synergy. And I'm looking at the title going, you didn't even do the work to, to prove the title, you know, like, Right. The first thing I read doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, I think they're both great, you know, great products, and they certainly proved an additive effect, but they never even tried to prove the actual title of the paper. Right. So, you know, it's, it's – and these are, you know, smart people. These are PhDs. These are scientists who, you know, who know their craft. So what chance does like the average person have? They read the title and they go, "Oh wow, there's synergy." Right. You know? Right. Most of them don't even know what synergy means. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you, might, you might want to go look that up too, because it's such a buzz. <laughs> it's such a buzzword in in the nutrition right. and fitness world now. Synergy has synergy. We have synergy. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, so even that. Always reminds me of like Mad Men. You know the TV show Mad Men. Yeah. 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 We're talking about advertising synergy. It's it's just it's a buzzword. It be, it's become a word that like. <laughs> means, I mean, almost nothing at this point. Right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, man. But, but yeah, so the only science I've seen getting back to it, is, you know, from, from this isogenics company is just really, really bad. I mean, it's, you know, it's bad, and the fact that they went pay to publish kind of implies that they know it's bad. Right. Well, I'm, I'm suspicious when a company decides that that's going to be their distribution system, right? So when someone makes a nutrition product and they decide, hey, you know what, let's initiate this MLM as a way to get it out there. I'm already suspicious. It may be a good product, but I'm very suspicious that that's what they have decided to use to get it out there because it's such an immoral way to sell a product, to be perfectly blunt, man. You know, you're blatantly lying to people with an opportunity that's not going to pan out for the vast majority of people. And then you have to price the product way higher because there's so many royalties you have to pay out per sale. So it's, 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 it's bad for everybody. It's like you're lying to people with an opportunity that's not going to work. And then you have to price the product way higher than it would be if you went through traditional retail. Or if, even if you, I mean, the best way to me that makes the most sense is you just sell direct to the customer. Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's the thing too, right? Like, you also want to, to me, like you were saying, your affiliate program, like 
it makes sense, right? Because let's say someone's out there that's like, I really believe in this product, and they're they're bringing you sales. You do want to kick them a commission, but sure. you don't want to go out there and say like, okay, now get your friends to believe in the product. Get <laughs> right. their friends to believe. Get five in people. It. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You get five. That's and when it, they like, get it just five. crosses. You know. You want to build your it team. It just crosses the line into like this insanity where now you're not really even talking about the, the product. product. You're talking <laughs> about like. You know, getting all these people to... Well, they always use the guise of, you know, we're just sharing enthusiasm. It's like, no, if there's money involved, it's a business now. So it's not just, it's not just, it's not like me recommending a movie to you guys where I'm not making any money if you go see it, right? That's a totally different situation than me recommending my testosterone booster to someone where they actually have to pay for it. Now that's, one's a business transaction, the other is just, you know, passing on something. So, so right. I, I hate it when they try to equate it to that. It's like when there's money involved, it's no longer just sharing your enthusiasm. It may have started that way in the beginning, but then it got diluted by the time you had the fifth person come to your house to talk, you know, come talk to you about it. You know, the enthusiasm, I'm going to tell you when the enthusiasm died, is when, you, when everybody came to your house for that little party and then you shut off the music. And then you told everybody, like, hey, you guys want to have a you, you guys want to, like, experience a great opportunity? Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. And come on, there goes my enthusiasm. Okay. Everybody See, you know, you know what, though? You know what? Actually, music stops, and all of a sudden, some guy gets on the phone. Hey, everybody, I'm glad you're having a good time out there. Just wanted to bring up something you may be interested well, in. Well, now they're trying to be very Tony Robbins about it. Like, all of a sudden, the music comes out, like, you guys having a good time? Yeah, you guys having, you enjoying the party? Like, dude, you're in a house full of 15 people. Lower your voice. Calm the hell down. You've been drinking too much, dude. <laughs> you know what, though? Now I'm kind of thinking, right? I'm thinking about, right, about the, the drug dealer analogy because, you know, they go, hey, I have these supplements. They show you the supplements. If you're at a party and you broke out some drugs, <laughs> I have to say the enthusiasm would go up. <laughs> That's true. Everybody's going to come back when you have another party. <laughs> Nobody's Man. coming back if you break out Advocare in the middle of the party. Like, look, man, you've got Spark and you've got, you've got Coke. So, and I'm not talking about the, not talking about the brown kind with high fructose corn syrup either. They will probably work, right? If you bring that up, people may be excited. It's like, hey, guys, I got some great weed you may want to buy. And it's like, hey, hey, man, can I, can I talk to you about a great, let's talk to you about Herbalife. Wait a minute, all I heard was herb, man. Where's the herb? You said herb? <laughs> my herb is life, son. What you talking about? Herb is life. <laughs> I love what you said there about 15 people in the room and they're all shouting it out. That's, that's so the bad. next party is going to have like 50 people in the room, though. <laughs> like five people in the room and you're, you're talking like there's a thousand people. <laughs> I've been in situations like that. That's why I'm laughing so hard, man. Because I'm like, like, you know, you're in a room in a house, man. You don't have to project your voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Did just a, uh, just did anybody else have sort of a Scheidenfrog moment when Tony Robbins did that walking on coal thing and people just started getting burned? I, I don't remember that. Well, yeah, in San Diego uh, about two years ago. It's funny because um, my wife did it in I think New New York New Jersey. And the thing is, they prep you for this stuff, but basically, right, right. it's these people already second guessing. Like, first of all, 
This is not the time to second guess and doubt him. Like, oh, this is just a scheme. Okay, if it's a scheme, don't walk on the damn coal. Because <laughs> the last thing you need to do, so that's not the time to sit there and be a, a non-believer. Like, get halfway through, like, you know what? This is not. Oh, oh, damn! I smell chicken. What is that? That's your feet, fool. <laughs> okay, so, no, no, you, yeah, you commit. If you're gonna walk on coals, you commit. You don't, yeah. you don't go halfway. You don't yeah, change your mind. What they're doing is what Sincere said. They're putting you in this really heightened state of excitement. Yeah. And then that's going to dull your pain receptors, of course, right? So right. you're, and then you walk across it really fast. I mean, it's not like it's 50 You're not moonwalking across it. You know? Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's like five, six feet of coals. And then you're, 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 I mean, people are pushing through it pretty fast. I did it. And I tell you what, man, I didn't get burned, but my feet were pretty hot the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> right. To the point where it was uncomfortable. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> my wife came back. She's like, I think I'm going to get a blister. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. You walk on hot stuff. Yeah, get a blister. I said, you live in Texas. Do we walk around barefoot in July around here? Hell Fighting. no. You know why? Blisters. Exactly. Okay. So. Yeah, exactly. I can't even walk to my mailbox in the summer in Las Vegas, let alone it's cold. Oh, man, you gotta have a you gotta have the feet of like somebody from the side tribe to do something like that, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing that network marketing companies have is they usually have a Tony Robbins type figurehead who kind oh, of yeah. Alvin. Oh yeah. Get You've got Jordan. Excited. Jordan, what's his name? And um, I think Jordan Adler, like um, yeah, yeah, Jordan Belfort. From Belfort, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know those guys. They're on stage. They got the little earpiece. They're walking with the little suit, or they're or they're looking really, trying to look really hip. And you kind of get this blend of Tony Robbins meets Steve Jobs at the same time. You know, it's like I'm gonna get you excited, but we're also showing you how innovative we are. Right. Okay. So, yep. Well, I mean, everyone's office in Herbalife had a picture of their founder at the time, Mark Hughes, who died from a drug overdose, ironically. You know, he started this whole company he was allegedly, allegedly to help his mother, who was a drug addict, and then he ended up dying of a drug addiction himself many years later. But, but everyone talked about this guy like he was like a Jesus-type figure. You know, they would be like, and our founder did this, and he's saving lives, and you can help our founder with his vision. You know, it was like that kind of hyperbole. Yeah, you know what? They had they had the same type of supplement going on down in um, Georgetown, Guyana, back in 1979. <laughs> they had this red energy drink. Okay, some people thought it was Kool Aid. <laughs> you know, right. and, well, every, everybody should drink this. You know, this, <laughs> this will take you to the next level. Okay, do you want to transcend? Drink this, kids too. <laughs> yeah, There's you know not, what? Anything I think that needs like a, a figurehead, like like if you yeah yeah like a figurehead, like if the product like. You know, we, like we if have ShamWow was that good, or, or yeah, 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 exactly. Like, like if you know, if ShamWow was that good, everybody would have one instead <laughs> of like a towel or whatever. <laughs> exactly. ShamWow. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. Speaking of drugs, somebody speaking people on drugs. Let's talk about the guy that you know promoted that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's talk, about the, let's talk about the guy in those ShamWow commercials. That guy was definitely on drugs. That's why he was able to dry up the well, water. That's why he was able to absorb that water so fast. You know, yeah, Vince, Vince. But he ended up going to jail. Vince, yeah, yeah, Vince. Yeah, he went, but he went to jail for drugs, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he went to jail. Yeah, yeah, he did. And then the other guy, the other pitch guy, guy OD'd. Billy yeah, Mays? Uh, yeah, Billy Hayes. Uh, Billy right. Mays. Yeah, uh, up to a lot of people. When you're, when you're doing stuff that's unethical and immoral, that's, you can try to paint it any way you want, but like so your subconscious mind knows what you're doing, and I think it kind of eats away at your soul over time. And I think that's why we, we hear so many of these tragic stories where someone d- does just self-destructive behavior where it doesn't make sense. You're looking at these people's lives from the outside going, oh, these guys are wealthy, they have it all, but they have this hole in their soul that's not being fulfilled. And if anything, it's, 
it's getting bigger from the opportunity that you're doing. Because you're, you're blatantly lying to people, man. I mean, not, not too many people can are that much of a sociopath where you can just compartmentalize that and deal with it. Oh, well, yeah, no. I mean, those companies, you know, it's, and it's one of those. You know, I mean, like, like we were saying before, if you need a figurehead, something's kind of wrong because the product should be good enough that, like, there's no emotional vestment in some, you know, Christ-like figure to sell a, a, a towel or whatever that thing was. <laughs> but, oh, sorry, and going back like, to Vince, yeah, he got arrested for, for beating a prostitute. So, yeah, how about that for Sham yeah, It's more like Wham Pow. That's what he should have called it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, I'm not that emotionally invested in, like, any sort of appliance or towel or cutlery or anything. Like, you know, you shouldn't be using that to sell it to me, I think. Um, right. And, and you know, yeah. the, the, the whole thing was... Like with AdvoCare or any of these companies, like their their products are kind of mediocre. To, I mean, just looking at them from a Absolutely. formulation yeah. point of view, they're not good Absolutely. products. Absolutely, because because they they don't put any effort into. It. I mean, as you know better than I do about this nutrition supplement industry, Anthony, is that so many of these companies put minimal time into formulating and then maximum time into marketing. <laughs> you know? So it's, that's why oh, we yeah. see so many crappy formulations where my, my theory is that you should make a great product and then you don't have to blow as much money promoting it because the word's going to get out there. You know, When people find something that works in our industry, I mean, they're going to tell everyone they know, man. I mean, remember when creatine came on the scene and it was just, yeah. creatine, it was just creatine in a bottle. There were small companies, like there was a company called Hops that sold a creatine monohydrate and then EAS. But I mean, we all, so many of us got such great results with it. We, we told people about that and right. everybody knew about it within like a few years. And we're like still talking years. about it. And yeah, we're still exactly. talking about it. And no creatine, <laughs> creatine is now the most well-researched nutrition supplement ever. It changed, it changed supplements from being... It was finally something that worked. Where... Nothing really worked before creatine. I mean, not to that level. I mean, I took a lot of nutrition supplements before creatine. You know, crap like hot stuff, and, you know, things like that. And nothing, Dibencozide, you know, Smilax, all this garbage that never did jack. And then I started taking creatine, and especially as a vegetarian guy, you know, I'm, I'm, I already had low levels, so I really yep. responded. Right. And it was ridiculous, man. I remember, like, for, for months, it was like you would get stronger every time you went in the gym. You just felt unstoppable. I mean, it was Oh, that's, that's where I was. I was a vegetarian when I, you know, I mean, I still am, but I was a vegetarian when I first tried it. And it was like, I mean, it put, like, 15 pounds on my bench, like, almost immediately, like, yeah, within a exactly. week. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Everything just felt light, too. Like, right. every time you would go in the gym, you just had this feeling that you were getting more reps and things just felt light. It was, it was incredible. And before that, you, you took supplements and you went, I don't know, I guess I feel it sort of. <laughs> yeah. I think it's doing something besides making me go to the bathroom every five minutes. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It says hot and it says stuff. So, I mean, it must be good. Well, hot, hot stuff. Hot stuff, hot stuff allegedly had methyl testosterone and some other stuff in it. So, I mean, because I remember the first batch of hot stuff I took, I definitely noticed something off of it, and so did everyone else. This was back when I'm in high school. And then the second and third batch, we didn't notice jack off of it. So the, the, the rumor is that they had certain ingredients in it that were not on the label. And then when it started selling really fast, they got worried. They did the whole bait and switch because they're like, okay, now we may come, up, come under scrutinization, so let's get it out of there before we get pinched. I've Which heard a, I've heard methyl test I've heard clen I've heard you know a ton of different things but I've never and and I've just never heard I've never heard anyone say that that it didn't feel that way on the first batch I don't know if I got the first batch or the second batch 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't do know if it was the first batch ever sold, just the first batch I tried. Yeah, I think there was a difference. And I was, you know, at the time I said, well, you know, I guess my body got used to it or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, I was there, man. I was buying everything. That's how invested we are with our <laughs> stuff. <know>. We start <laughs> rationalizing. It's like, well, this is why it's not working. It's, it's might cycle off a little while. You it's, know, it's not <laughs> the supplement. It's me. You know, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? At the at the level, like say, like a huge company, because like I have some friends that work for you know pretty big companies. Right. I mean, they look at things like to me that are mind blowing. They'll be like, oh well, we can save you know five percent if we do this. Right thing or we we use this crappy version of the ingredient or we it's like five percent and they're like well at this level five percent is you know five million dollars and it's like right right yeah but five percent you know my mind i mean that to me that's mind-blowing you should be willing to lose ten percent if it's better for the customer you know what i mean it should always be What's best for the customer? And you look at the long term. How long is that customer going to be a loyal customer to you when you give them a good product? And, and the, the it, reality you know, is if you actually use the product yourself, you're going to have that anyway because you're going to be thinking, you know what? I use this product. I want the best product for myself. Right. And then I'm going to sell that to my customers. You know, that to me seems like the most ethical way to go is like I, I don't want to ever sell a nutrition supplement that I don't use personally because I think that's what yeah. legitimizes everything is that, hey, I use yeah. it. I love it. And that's why I'm even selling it to you is because I – like when Anthony introduced me to Bulbine back in 2010, I was like, this is some badass stuff. I wasn't even thinking about selling it, though. And he and I were thinking about formulating an idea for some other company. And then that, did, that fell through, and I was like, well, shit, let's, let's just do this on our own because everybody keeps asking me about this, and I keep sending them to some company that I have nothing to do with to buy it. Right. And I, I, should, I should have my own formula with this whole thing. But it, but it, but it came from that place of this is some good stuff you know, rather than, oh, this looks like a cool thing to sell. Right. Yeah, that that just weirds me out. Like you were saying about working, like it, it always struck me this way. Like you were saying about working, you never worked harder than when you were like, you know, plastering, you know, trees <laughs> with you know, flyers. With such but, like the thing is, like, you, if you like what you're doing and you, you know, you have legit products and you offer legit service, like, yeah, you, you know, you might work hard, but you never feel like as beat up as when you get uh, home no. from doing no, something no. like that. Well, I mean, nowadays also with the internet age, I'm working hard in the comfort of my nice house. Yeah, right, so exactly. It's, yep. it's a much different experience than me in my car in the middle of the night putting uh, <laughs> uh, signs on a well, on a yeah. telephone pole, you know, and then putting flyers on on telephone boxes and then handing out cards to people all day long just to get the phone ringing. You know, yeah, you're, you're those, those were all the things I did just to get the phone ringing. Yeah, you're doing what we call back in the music industry. You were doing sniping. And that's what we used to do with guerrilla marketing. <laughs> and we go yeah. out and snipe. So we go and put like a, somebody's album is coming out. We'll put like the posters up in the middle of the night. We're going up, we're stapling. And this will go until like three or four in the morning or whatever. And, you know, right. we're hitting up all kind of billboards and plastering them up and putting flyers on cars <laughs> at the clubs. You know, just that was like the early days of my company. I was like, okay, this is BS right here. You know, who's actually <laughs> going to look at this and go, oh, damn, I need to run out and buy this album right now. You know, they're right. like, oh, damn it, they put another flyer on my carcass. You know why? <laughs> I put myself in the customer's shoes, and that's what I used to say when I came out of the club. Like, dude, if you don't quit putting flyers in, what pissed me off, most of the time those flyers would be on the side window, and they'd always fall down into your door. <laughs> so I would love to just see a, an avid party goer like, just to open their door up and see how many damn flyers have just fallen in and died over the years. That's how you'll know I, how much of a party I used to get calls from people sincere that would be pissed off about that kind of stuff. <laughs> They'd be like, you fucking asshole, your car <laughs> fell into my door. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sue you for the cost. <laughs> like, it's like, like, like you ever, like, drive by a telephone pole and no, you see some, you see a sign and you go, like, 
hey, I could really use a new mattress. Exactly. Like, Write it down in your car at the stoplight. Yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to stay here at the green light and get this number. Like, everybody's blowing <laughs> at you like, shut up, fool. I'm trying to get this phone number. Shut up. Because <laughs> I need a new mattress. I saw one, right? And like that's why I say mattress. I saw one that was like, whatever, <laughs> new mattress, new mattresses, whatever. It's really $100. And I'm like, that's yeah. a good place for a mattress, but I'm not calling that number. Like, <laughs> first of all, you sell it for a hundred bucks. I mean, is that new? Is that used? I mean, he's putting it on a. He put this on a telephone pole. How? What kind of quality is going to be involved with this mattress? You know, it's probably some. Man, it's it's Jersey. Used. I assume it fell off a truck or something somewhere. <laughs> but I'm still thinking, like, uh, you know, I mean, hey, underdog mattress, that's great. But I've I've never called a phone number that I saw, even if I saw the thing. And I wanted it. Right. I wouldn't exactly. call the number. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why it's such a flawed methodology, man. It only calls out. I would get, I would go, the worst, the most demoralizing part about all of those methods is that I wouldn't even get good calls at the end of it. You don't, the only kind of, the only calls I would get would be complaint calls or someone just <laughs> hazing you. You know, like I would put a, like you ever put, a, you ever put another stuff. Like you ever put another flyer in my telephone booth? I'm gonna staple it to your forehead. You know? Oh, like, that's terrible. That, that was one of the classics. So I was like, you're working your ass off, and then you check, your, and then you see like your this time you you had it an answering machine, right? So you see the the light is like going off like crazy. Like you have like a hundred messages, and you're all excited, and every single message is like that. You know? It's, it's I so hate you. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna run you over with my car while the flyer's still yeah, in the window. Every psychopath. <laughs> Out just who's calling those numbers. That's who's calling those numbers. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I wondered about, right? Like, you know, I've never called one, but I mean, people still do it. So, you, you know, I work off the assumption if people still do it, it must be generating some kind of result. So, like, but... Look, it's, it's just a numbers game. So, yeah, right. I put out 5,000 cards on cars one time. I got like two calls. I was like, yeah, a lot of things are numbers games, but, but, but there's also effective strategies and ineffective strategies. And right. if you use an ineffective strategy, it doesn't matter if you hit a million people. It's still not going to work because it's ineffective. <laughs> you know? So you know, it's, that, it's a guy that's, theory. That's it's a guy theory. If you, if you talk to like 20 girls at the club, one of them is going to give you the phone number. You know? But I'm like, well, look how much time you spent talking to all these girls. And pretty much if you're that guy, you're probably, how many drinks did you buy that night to finally get that one but phone? I mean, but, but I mean, if you use a really flawed strategy, such as like, hey, baby, I would like to tap that ass. And then it's like, nope, you go to the next girl. Hey, baby, I like to tap that ass. Nope, next girl. Hey, baby. You know, that's not going to work even if you hit a thousand people, man. Okay, well, it depends on the club you're in, Mike. I was just going to say, if you hit a thousand, that'll work, man. That'll be... It, it depends like on the club. If you're in the most wretched club there is, that might work on girl number five, man. No, the girl, babe, look at you and say, this is a good-looking guy, but because you said that stupid line, she's already... <laughs> which is usually the curse. Which is usually the curse for most guys. Most of the problem, most time the problem is guys, we talk. We open our mouth, and the word comes out, and then that just ruins it for everybody. <laughs> I think if we could use sign language, I think a lot of guys would be much better off with a lot of women. They could just use sign language, and they just think that's cute. They're like, oh, I'm a cute little deaf boy. I'm going to take you home and wear you out because <laughs> you probably haven't had it. Yeah. I think a lot of women can take that advice as well because we've all been on that. We've all been on the flip side where they're talking too much, and the more they talk, the worse it gets. You know, It's like what's interested before you started talking Yeah, so but guys much. aren't built that way. Guys are like, this girl's terrible. I'm going to take her home. I, th I think at a certain age and below, that's correct. But at, yeah. at, a, at a certain age, you just can't you just can't do it anymore because you're just like you know what I just can't deal with it. 
I just can't deal with that. Yeah, but I'm 36. I'm not. I'm not in the club anymore. You know, the only experience I have with clubs is like pre-30. You know, and, and that's good. I'm glad you said that because there's some 36, 40, 50 year olds listening. Like they sit at the club. Like I'm going to the club tonight. Like aye, aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I was talking. It. Here's I a good one. Right? I was talking to Joe, uh, Joe DeFranco. If you, you probably know who that is. Yeah, very great guy. Yeah. Okay, I was talking to him, and I think. I think he's about the same age as me, but at the time we were we were in our twenties, and um, I said, "Oh, you know, I have I have cousins down the shore. You know, they live whatever twenty minutes from the beach. I was going to go see them or something. I was like, you know, when's the last time you've been down there?" And he was like, "29." And I was like, "Well, that was a firm answer." He's like, "You don't go to the shore after 29. <laughs> like Jersey Shore after 29, it has to end." <laughs> I was like, all right, dude. But he set a firm date. If you're from New Jersey and you go down the shore for the summer, you know, for drinking, whatever, it's got to end when you're 30. At 30, you stop. 29 your last year. So those are, those are words to live by that, uh, that Joe shared with me. Wise man. <laughs> but yeah, man, just talking about things, you know, being wise and not wise. Let's go back to the conversation we were having before the show started. We were just talking about things, novelty things such as like 200-pound kettlebells. And I'm starting to see this influx of people popping up on Instagram doing double swings. Which, I mean, we're doing two-handed swings with a 200-pound kettlebell, which basically that's the only option you have with a kettlebell that damn <laughs> <way>. Anyway, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, what is the effing point, man, of having a 200-pound kettlebell? I don't get it. What is the point? So can anyone help me with that one? Right, exactly. I mean, it's, I mean, there's, there's like a few freaks of nature, like some of Federico students who are doing jerks with a 160-pound kettlebell in one hand, right? And I don't even know right. where they got this kettlebell from. It didn't even look like a kettlebell anymore. Yeah, yeah I think so it's just made, yeah. I think like yeah, Andy yeah, Fitting, those, those, you know, guys like Andy Fitting, you know, who's strong as hell, you know, Andy can just toss that thing up. But I think, I think um, Valeria may have had that one specially made. Just no, Valeria, Valeria had a student who was maybe like a buck seventy, and he was doing jerks with a 200-pound kettlebell in one hand. I kid you not, man. It's all, it's all over YouTube. I mean, you can just, right. you can just look at it. You can look for it right now if you're listening to the show, folks. Badass. But that, that kettlebell was – it wasn't wide like that 200-pound kettlebell you can buy. You know, it was like a competition-style bell, and it was just kind of long. But yeah. even that was like a freak – I mean, what it, these, these guys are just exceptional people that are doing that. The average person is not going to do anything with that except break a lot of body parts, you know? Right. So, it, so I mean, it's, it's like kettle, kettlebells are not best suited for that maximum rep training. So, I mean, if you want to go, if you want to find out what's the heaviest thing you can lift, you know, that's where powerlifting or Olympic lifting makes the most sense. Hell, strongman training. Hell, you know, you exactly. can lift strongman pull, training. Pull a train, pull a, pull a plane or something like that, you know, get, get those big chains for, for like giant ships or something like that, man. So right. at least, and that would be a lot more fun. When you see it too, like the dude, you know what it looks like? I don't know if you, if you call it the same thing, but. You know what a hoppity hop is? One of That's what it looks like. It, it looks yeah. just like a damn hoppity hop, man. You just get on top of the thing and, and you sit on it and you bounce around when you were like four years old, three years old. That's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah it just the... looks like that. It looks like he's swinging a hoppity hop. Like, what is this guy doing? So not as impressive as pulling a train, okay? <laughs> man, I mean, you can do double swings with two 88-pound kettlebells, which is pretty close. Now, if you, if you, but, but if you can't get it to chest level, then in, in my opinion, it's not really worth doing, man. You're not... You're not, you're not it's not you're not able to create enough force production where it's actually useful for anything. Right. No. More more novelty gimmicky things out there and just more 
more fodder out there for all the people in the other parts of the fitness industry to say, like, like see why kettlebells are stupid? Like, no, the kettlebell's not stupid. That idiot's stupid. You know, that's the person you got to blame. Don't blame the kettlebell. It had nothing to do with that. So it's just one more thing. You have to just listen to someone. But, yeah, I'm right there. Yeah, that's dumb. I, I don't understand what the point is with that. You know, other than just like, hey, look at me. I'm swinging a 200-pound kettlebell. Okay. No, yeah, I've never wait, seen anybody like do it, like, in the two-arm swing. I have, the guy, like, the only guy I've seen do it is wasn't doing anything. I mean, he was barely... Yeah, and he was, was barely, barely moving it. Well, yeah, he was barely moving it, and I mean, I'm looking at his back, and I'm like, "Yeah, buddy, <laughs> you're gonna be feeling that. <laughs> you're gonna be feeling that tonight, homeboy." Okay, so you go ahead and you know, enjoy your 15. And that's the beautiful thing about Instagram. You actually do get 15 seconds of fame because that's all. That's the link that you can post a video on Instagram. It's just 15 seconds. So yeah, you go ahead and enjoy that 15 seconds of swinging that bad boy, but enjoy that pain in your back for the next week or so. So, yeah, man. I wonder how much that costs. What do you think that costs? Like, how much would that be to buy? Uh, it's going to be 400 bucks at least, I would say. Probably more than that. See, that's bad so for, for business. So, for seconds, right? I mean, including shipping, including shipping and all shipping. that. So, yeah. if you're a gym owner, why don't you allocate that money to something better? <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm happy to say I don't think any gym or an owner has it because I've never seen one in the gym before <laughs> because they know that no one's going to use it. I mean, it's, it's too light for deadlifts for pretty much yep. any man who deadlifts. And most women, most strong women are going to pick that up right. easily too. So it's not useful for that. And then it's too heavy for swings for most people. So what else are you going to do with it? That's on Instagram. Yeah. You can always do double swings with two kettlebells and get up to that weight if you want to. You know? exactly. so you work, work your way up to it. And you can use them for something other than swings. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Unlike so that 200 pound five, monster. You know. If I have two 88 pound kettlebells, I can do a lot of other stuff with that in addition to double swings where it's going to be the same, same mechanism. In fact, I'd I rather do double swings with two bells rather than my two hands on one big bell because now I can use better technique for my body type. I can, I can swing them on the outside of my yeah. feet so that, it's, so that it's distributed evenly rather than me having to take this close grip, which is uncomfortable, and try to swing that between my feet. Come on. Well, first of all, that thing's like going between your feet, <laughs> unless you're just like eight feet tall or something like that. You can only go back so far on the backswing with that as yeah, well. Yeah, you have to take a really so, wide stance, which is not <laughs> good for hip drive, especially my exactly. body type. Exactly. So my thing is, you know, I would just rather have two big heavy bells and, and bypass this glorified birth control, <laughs> you know, method of birth control, because you're going <laughs> to end up busting some things in that midsection of yours just from squeezing and trying to pop that thing through or whatever. You're going you're gonna to really help us with the population of the planet by using that thing. So maybe it is a good idea to have a 200-pound kettlebell out there. So there's quite a few people that should not be reproducing. So I, I think maybe it might be a good idea. I mean, where do you put it? Like, where do you put it when you're done? Like, where, like <laughs> wherever the there's hell it no wants to be. There's no good place for it. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be picking that thing up and moving it around too much. Like, exactly. Let's do farmers walks with it that'll look fun <laughs> no it's just going to be in the corner of your gym right and it's just going to like it's going to be one of those things that when i think somebody, it's kind of a novelty thing yeah, for a while comes in like yeah here's the beat yeah when here's somebody uses beat. it and they move exactly. it it's going to just be like there's going to be a notch in the floor where it like usually sits <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! I mean, it's fun to lift st heavy stuff, so I kind of I understand the intent behind it. I mean, like I've done bent press with a 140 pound kettlebell before, like a friend's one. Like I would, I, I, like that 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 is still a weight that's too heavy for really much with it. 
So I mean, kettlebells just don't you, but they just they just don't fit well for that super heavy lifting in the long run. That that's where you're going to start when you see people lifting really heavy kettlebells. I mean, like this 140 pounds and so forth. You notice over time they'll have elbow guards on and you know they'll have <laughs> shoulder straps on because they beat their bodies so up so much doing stuff like that that they've, they've created unnecessary injuries doing moves that really don't make a whole lot of sense with that. Now, I can see, you know, the problem is some people may be getting these old-time strongman books and they're like trying to recreate all those things. But look, back then, those guys were very limited in what they had. So when you see them lifting anvils and things like that, I mean, they just picked up whatever heavy things they could find around the time. They didn't have a plethora of, like, legitimate equipment around like you do now. You have better choices. And let's just face it, a lot of folks these days, especially in the fitness industry, are not that kind of strong like those guys were back then. Right. You know, because they limit themselves with all these different, you know. No, and systems. you know, the irony, the irony is that you're talking about like these things, right? That people, you know, back then that's all they had. Now, like unless you're, like unless you're, you know, Wiley Coyote, you can't get an anvil. <laughs> like, where can you even get these things? Like people, right. people are pre are casting their own you know, Atlas stones and they did now all of a sudden they're like bricklayers and they're like <laughs> doing all this stuff. Like, you know, that's all, we, you know, all people had back then. Now people go out of their way to get these awkward things that were like a last resort when they were originally used. It's <laughs> right. bizarre. Yeah, if you walk in, you walk in our gym, like my buddy, he has this, I mean, he, he's just a funny dude like that, man. You walk in our place, there's this giant fire hydrant nice and shiny and people walking like what's that fire hydrant for like look that was here before i moved over to this gym and stuff working out here i said i believe he has his clients just carry that thing but i'm like i said but i'll tell you this none of you will be carrying that thing not a part of my class we've got plenty of things in here that you can pick up i said i can load up that trap bar right there you can do the same thing and i feel a little bit you'll be a lot safer than walking around up and down the street carrying a fire hydrant first of all you might get pulled over and taken to jail because they might think that you just try to steal a fire hydrant trying to go and get it melted down and get some money like a crackhead or something like that so, <laughs> <laughs> well, well man. cool man great for coming on anthony thanks again for coming on appreciate it no, anytime, man, anytime. And uh, where can people find out more about your – you have a great blog where you have all kinds of interesting topics. What's the website link again for your blog? I'm writing with, uh, with John Romano from Muscular Development. You know, he's a former senior editor. It's uh, romanoroberts.com.mx. Uh, cool. And it's mm-hmm. MX because it's, it's, the website is actually based in Mexico. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. John actually uh, is in there. He, uh, he owns a gold in Guadalajara. Oh, okay, very cool. All right. Awesome, man. Thanks again, All buddy. Right, man, appreciate it. Thanks again, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. And that's our friend Anthony Roberts. Make sure to check out his blog. There's a lot of cool information on there because he's he, he calls it the way he sees it. So he's not he's not in bed with anyone where he's like, well, I better not say anything about this because that may piss off this person. It's like, oh, I shouldn't bring this up because that's going to be a big bag of worms. And he, he, he'll, he'll bring it up. If something bothers him, he's going to bring it up. I always say that Anthony's like the guy you don't want to screw over because if you do, he's going to find out every single piece of dirt he can find on you and, right. and make it public, man. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, oh, folks, man. remember, use uh, coupon code LLA. Get 10% off any of my products, supplements, T-shirts, videos, you name it. And what about you, Sincere? What can they get with you? And you'll get 30% off of my DVD, digital or physical, as well as my Weight Management 101 course. And same coupon code, LLA.
Sounds good. I was just laughing at some of your comments earlier. <laughs> I mean, we have we had some real gems on this one, man. I'll be I was telling you how uh, I'll be walking my dogs and I'll just think about something that happened on the show and I'll just be laughing. I'm sure people driving by are like, look at that psychopath with his dogs just walking along <laughs> laughing. You know, because sometimes oh, yeah. you're laughing. Sometimes you laugh when you hear it on the show, but other times there's like a delayed effect where you think about it later. You're like, oh yeah, he said that. That was hilarious. You just start laughing. <laughs> yeah, which reminds me, I forgot the I forgot my metal for for that whole 200 pound kettlebell swing i'm like what are you going to be doing in life where you're going to be swinging something between your legs or something in front of you that weighs 200 pounds and going back and forth up and down other than some girl you just met or some dude you know well let's, let's let me say some girl okay <laughs> some girl that you just met <laughs> on the strip you know because i'm thinking like if there's some girl out there swinging some 200 pound dude like that then that's a problem you might, you no, might be a at a strip club you might be at a strip club sincere and some girl wants to give you a lap dance you want you don't want so you have to just project you have to drive your hips through to kind of blow her project her across the room so it's possible oh man, <laughs> oh, man. but repeatedly it's my for a time set i don't know no. i think that i think that now just became foreplay instead of trying to get her, get away from me so yeah i think man. i think one of the just the final point of this whole thing is i think that you know you can lift as heavy as you want as long as your technique is solid and I think that's what that's I think that's kind of piece. the point. Yeah. So I mean, if you want to do a 132 pound kettlebell snatch, one arm snatch, fine. Just make sure you fixate the lockout. You know, you don't want to have this slappy catch where you where you catch it halfway and then press it out. You know, if, you, <laughs> if, if you want to press, if you want to press a heavy kettlebell, make sure that you know, oh. it actually it actually reaches lockout and you don't look like you're having a serious constipation issue while you're trying to get it to lock out. You know, so, I mean, the technique should look good, man. I mean, that's my attitude about heavyweight training is it should look good. Like someone seeing you do it, they should be like, wow, that looks good. That looks crisp. That technique looks good. Yeah, it shouldn't be like, oh, damn, I, I, I don't want to do that. Okay, so, so right. yeah, man. Yeah, right. or better you're like, oh, I think that dude's arm just got dislocated. I don't know, man. That double snatch looked like it was about to take off both shoulders. <laughs> hey, I want to see the video after the video when 911 showed up, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man. So, all right, folks, don't forget, big course coming up in September. But you don't want to miss this thing, man. So send an email to Mike at LLAPodcast.com or Sincere at LLAPodcast.com to make sure that you get privy to the lowest possible price to register for our course with myself, with Mike, with Steve Cotter, and our buddy Kim Blackburn. It's all going down. Two days of training, hands-on, no lecture fest. So you're looking at 16 hours of good stuff here. And then the real gold happens after the workshop. So you're going to be privy to that as well. So you don't want to miss this because who knows? There's a great chance it'll never happen again, not with the four of us anyway. So you don't want to miss this. Get ready to have a great time in Vegas, September 20th through 21st, which is also Olympia weekend. So, yeah, man. All right, man. That's going to wrap it up. We talked enough. Go home. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.